a podcast. Did your radio show get canceled? Fire, fire, fire. Low down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. Schooled myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole dose of soul. Maintain composure, even in fury. An anomaly, properties undiscernible. This week on the Pete the Planner Show, we talk about, uh, well, we talk about money. We answer your financial questions. Uh, the show is about you emailing us or, or getting to us on Twitter or one of the social media platforms, asking your financial question, and then we'll answer it here on the air. Here's what we don't do. We don't try to sell you things. We are product agnostic. I don't want you to call me on Monday so I can be your financial advisor because that's not what I do and it's not what I care to do. And you need answers, not me trying to sell you things. Uh, so this week, we answer three of your financial questions. We also hit the biggest waste of money of the week. I am your host. I am Pete the Planner. Joined this week by my good friend, uh, the lead financial concierge at Your Money Line, Damian Dunn. No relation. No relation. No relation. We should be related. I would love to be related to you. Thank you. I mean it. Um, that's not a proposal. Let's get started. Damian, we've got three very diverse questions this week. Actually, we don't. The first one's diverse from the other two, but the other two are sort of similar. All right, so let's get out. The first one I actually wrote about in USA Today. Uh, and the, the other one, I might, because it's a really good question. And someone asked me in Portland this week. First question is, uh, Dear Pete, it's more of a comment. <sighs> I still wrote about it. Dear Pete, you need to introduce a hidden expense that can easily be stopped. That expense is eating out. All over America, at every income level, are people who shouldn't eat out. Cooking at home every day, three times per day, is a lost art. Bagged lunches to work and school... No more swinging by to pick up, carry out on way home. Dan mm -hmm. in Florida. Thanks, Dan. Florida man gripes about dining out. News at 11. Um, okay. Here's the thing. Dan's right. Absolutely. You can't actually argue against Dan's point. No, and I, I hear it all the time. In fact, when I interact with people on Moneyline, um, often the biggest obstacle they have to having a successful budget month in a month out comes down to how much money they spend on food yeah i mean uh but here's the problem dan's right but it solves he doesn't solve the problem because dining out is one of two things for most people it can be uh you know distilled down to two reasons people dine out the first is entertainment people enjoy it i am i'm always tickled when I can go to a restaurant and a chef, a very talented artist can make a simple piece of food taste magical. When, if I make that at food at home, it, it's good, but how in the world does the person take the same ingredient and make it taste like that? And, and I'm willing to pay for that experience. Yeah. There's very few things uh, that I enjoy sharing with, with family and friends is, is a good meal that's prepared by somebody else. Yeah. And the pleasure of good pizza and not just like oh we need to just get a pizza we don't have time let's just get a pizza no i mean like really good pizza it doesn't have to be a 30 dollar pizza it's a you can get a good pizza for 12 bucks right and it's not always about money in that sense i mean uh you go to someone makes a better burger than you make and it costs seven dollars or twelve whatever a burger costs right and, and and i think entertainment appreciating the culinary arts is a reason people dine out. Now, I will say, if you're struggling financially, that is an entertainment expense 
that you shouldn't afford yourself, right? Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know if avoidable is the right word, but it's uh, uh, maybe a luxury that shouldn't be taken on at that point in time. Well, think of it this way. Like, I like music, but I hate concerts. Like, I would not go spend money to go to a concert for lots of reasons, the primary being parking in traffic and there's people there. But I like music, would not spend money on a concert. I think that might be Dan's point here, is that, like, he may or may not like food. It doesn't really seem like he's a big food guy. Maybe he's a gourmet cook, for all I know. Uh, but he's not willing to spend the money to appreciate food out. Do you think he's uh, railing against the dining out uh, in general or the fast food options in general, which I think might lead into your second point? Which leads me to my second point. The second reason that people consist... Did you lead me there on purpose? I felt like you did. Maybe. The second uh, reason people consistently dine out is because of convenience. So there's entertainment and there's convenience. And with convenience, he, he still has a point, but it's a little more nuanced than that, right? Uh, by my estimation, by my expertise, uh, I believe convenience to be when you exchange money for time. You say, I need to save time, therefore I'm willing to part with money to do that. Damien, when you're on the way home from swim practice or something for your daughter, um, and you guys are up against it because they got to go home, got to get homework done, you got to get showers and baths, and you got to get the kids to bed. Sometimes that $13 stop for a pizza or the $20 stop for Chipotle or something like that, in the moment, you're willing to exchange that money for time. Absolutely. And I, it's too easy to be able to transfer that that money for that time and a little less stress in my life um, maybe than it should be yeah and I, I struggle with that so um, I am not willing to apologize or to try to change my behaviors for Mrs. Planner and I's entertainment dining and by the way entertainment dining rarely involves our children Right. If our children are eating with us, it's generally a convenient situation if we're dining out or getting carry out. Our issues carry out. Like if I'm on the way home from a meeting and uh, Mrs. Planner has been running around all day with the kids or something and, and she just has not had time to, to, to make a meal for us, then we'll just carry out. And that, that's an, that's an mm-hmm. issue we need to work on. But I, I will not apologize for entertainment dining out, but I will absolutely admit we need to work on convenience dining out. What I think is interesting about this is that it- People of every socioeconomic stripe struggle with this. Yeah, and I agree with that assertion, but I also have to say this is where what I'm about to say feels disconnected from reality. Uh, Some people have the margin Mm -hmm. to make those errors. Others don't. This is not do what I say, not what I do. This is... Look, man, I'm just being honest. And if it means you got to turn the dial right now, I get it uh, for those still listening. I, I am in my, I'm in a financial situation where I, I have more money than time. Uh, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm just going to put it out there. And that doesn't mean I'm loaded. It just means uh, I have more money to spend on grab and carry out than I have the time to deal with the meal. And that's just where I'm at in my life right now. Saying that doesn't make me feel fancy or cool. I'm half embarrassed. Um, 
but that won't always be the case. At some point in time, I'll have more time and I'll be willing to spend less money. Sure. And I know you, and I know you do a great job of hitting your financial goals that, that you set for you and your family. Not everybody that's in the same position as you does that. And that, that is, that is the other side of this. It is also sort of gross to feel uh, talk about. Um, we, we're, I'm a lazy budgeter because we accomplish our financial goals first and then whatever was left over, we'll spend on whatever. I don't really care because we take care of business. We TCB first and then it, it then who cares if I go out to eat a lot because I'm not going to go into debt. The, the, the stop, the, the, the fail safe, if you will, is however much money is in our checking account because we've already funded our goals. Sure. Uh, you and I both know people that are in similar positions as you, though, that shouldn't be doing this. Similar incomes, similar uh, family lifestyles, similar, uh, f- except the fact that they don't TCB first. Correct. So I, I guess the point here is, if you're going to change your uh, habits when it comes to dining out, Dan is right, by the way, Dan from Florida, look at convenience. You may actually have more time than money. And if you don't have money or time, you can make time by getting up earlier. You can make time by making your meals on the weekend and putting them in the fridge or the freezer and, and figuring out a way to do that. There's plenty of 20-minute meal cookbooks and television shows and all of that. If you have a dining out problem, it's unlikely entertainment, unless you're really out of touch, it's more likely to be convenience. That's what I need to work on. Damien, I don't know if you need to work on that, but here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna come back after the break on the Pete the Planner Show, your financial questions answered. This is the Pete the Planner Show, and I'm me. Question the right of any man. The voice his opinion as strongly as any can. But then again, many men are citizens of their own little world, so they ain't really fitting in. I'm in the background blending in. Camouflage by the scenery, but I'm a champion. Back on the Pete the Planner show. Thanks for listening. If you're listening on the radio, hello. Coming to you in FM. If you're listening on the podcast, oh, I mean it's digital sound. Sounds pretty good. Damien Dunn, lead financial concierge. We're changing your title, I think, at the first year. Did we tell you that? It's been discussed. Yeah, okay. Uh, coworker, Damian Dunn, no relation. Always important to say. Um, you know, this question was one that was uh, audibly asked of me when I was in Portland, Oregon this last week. Very thoughtful question. I forget the guy's name, and I told him I was going to answer it on the radio show or in a column, and I still might write about it. I'm going to do the best I can, Damian, to replicate the question, because I think this is one that you're going to really enjoy. All right, so if you've listened to the show before and you're familiar with what we do, we, you know we use something called power percentage. Power percentage is a way to measure your efficiency in relation to your income. How efficient are you with your income? Do you use it to move you forward and get out of your past? Or do you use it uh, fully consume that money in the now, making the future less stable, right? So the question was, uh, and, and just for, for a little more context, if your power percentage, uh, and you can you can figure out how to, to figure it out at uh, PeteThePlanner.com slash power percentage. PeteThePlanner.com slash power percentage. Um, if you're below 10%, that's really bad. 11 to 20%, Damien, is okay. 21 to 34 is good. And 35 and above is great. The question was, 
what if you don't want it to be higher? What, what, if, what if you're comfortable with it being 21? What's the right balance? What, 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 what if you don't want you don't want it to be 35 and you're comfortable with it not being 35? What do you say to that? So Damien, that's a really nuanced question because it gets into this work-life balance idea, sort of a parallel of, well, maybe I like to uh, blah, 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 blah. You know, maybe, maybe I like to uh, work as much as I do, and I'm comfortable with that. Who are you to tell me? What, what, at first glance, what do you think of this question? What, someone that says, I'm comfortable with a lower power percentage because I'm okay with the, the consequences. I think that's the first question that you have to answer for yourself is, A, do you know what the consequences are? And, and B, are you comfortable with them? Because if power percentage is really a, a way to prepare yourself for retirement, to make right. sure that you're, that you're on track for retirement. And so, how you use your income in relation to your income going away. Exactly. And so if, if you're willing to uh, deal with those consequences and you're preparing adequately now for that in the future, you might have an argument to make. I agree. I, I, experiences are fantastic. Nobody has tomorrow guaranteed. And if you want to uh, live your best life now, sure. um, go for it. But go into it with your eyes wide open and knowing what uh, what's coming down the road. I thought about, I flew home on Tuesday, which was election day, right? Everyone's thinking about a lot of things on election day. I, I spent most of my day flying across the country thinking about this question because it it's a really good question mm -hmm. because he asked it in a very earnest way. He was like, what, what if I want to enjoy my income now and, and, and make some responsible choices? I think if you're, this is where it gets tough. If, you're, if your future isn't guaranteed by the amount of money you're putting away, then that's a mistake, right? Mm -hmm. Here's what people are going to say to that, of course. Well, nothing's guaranteed. And say it like that. Nothing's guaranteed. You can't say that. And it's like, yeah, but I'm doing everything I can to ensure there's stability in the future. Um, what is it? The let the chips fall where they may? Is that the phrase? Yeah. I, I feel like that's part of the sentiment if you don't guarantee that your math is right to fully fund your future. Because the tough part about having an income and, and being solely responsible for your future is that your income must deal with both. That's not a luxury. That's a responsibility. Yeah. And I, I think where this has changed a little bit, and I don't have any idea who this, this gentleman was that asked you the question or how old they were or what they did or anything like that. But uh, a lot of the people that I've talked to outside of your money line uh, and trying to, you know, they ask me questions and I try and give them the best, best advice I can based on the limited knowledge I have. They're not necessarily planning on retiring like their parents did. They, they have a different outlook on what retirement looks like and they enjoy what they're doing and they, they'd like to work a little bit longer. And if if that's what you're planning on, you know, God love you. I mean, keep working and keep your mind engaged and keep your body engaged. And you're drawing a little bit of income. You're shortening down that length of retirement, which in theory means that you might need a little less in a uh, little less uh, savings built up in the long run to accomplish your retirement the way you see. Uh, but you're making bets now on what you think you're going to want to do 
30 or 40 years down the road. And that's a dangerous bet because now the money that you're saving and those habits that you're building now are going to be so much better if you get them now than if you decide, you know what, I don't want to work till I'm 70. I want to pull the string at 65. See, that's what makes me nervous. I, that, I'm totally with like, I, I, I want to redefine retirement. I want to work until I'm 75 or it's no different than the, the fire group. That's like, I want to retire at 40, you know? If you say you want to retire at 75, you're making some pretty hardcore assumptions there, not only about your willingness and desire to work, but will the workplace have you? And that's a hard question to ask, and I don't think there's enough information to, to appropriately answer that. Yeah, I, I think for some occupations, you might be able to make that that assumption, especially if you're an entrepreneur, um, I guess which takes on a whole other slew of considerations if you're an entrepreneur at that point. Um, but yeah, I, it's a big gamble. Yeah. I don't think the first, and if, if, if said man, it was probably younger thirties, 34, um, working for a large corporation, very smart, thoughtful guy. If he's listening, if you're listening right now, I'm sorry, I forget your name. Um, it's a good question. If, if for some reason there's family money, okay. Right. Mm -hmm. That's another thing. If you have a bunch of money. You know, your power percentage actually doesn't need to be 35. If you don't have a ton of assets, then yeah, you know what? Your power, if you're self-made, <laughs> your power percentage, it, it does need to keep climbing to break your dependency on your work income. Other, otherwise, the math just doesn't work. Um, yeah, and I'm, it is tough. I think what we want to try to give ourselves is flexibility in the future and not make decisions for our future right now. Because if you back yourself in the corner of, well, I'm setting it up so I, because uh, I'm gonna work until I'm 78. By the way, that is now your only option. Yeah, it seems, if you put it in that term, and if you can reframe that that um, desire for them in those, those terms, I, I think it becomes borderline irresponsible. I don't know why I always think about this. I'm curious. Did you used to watch Survivor, the television show, when it was on, when it first came on? No. You're not much of a TV guy. I, I, I'm really not now anyway, uh, but I used to be. I used to watch a lot of that when it first came on. And it was always interesting to me, this idea of like, they would actually sometimes start out with food, like a can of corn or, well, I don't know, who cares? And I always thought, well, okay, they're going to be there for 30 days or whatever it was. Like, how much food to eat on the first night? You know? And, and, and you have thoughts of what the 30, 30th day is going to be like from a food perspective. You don't really know, but it's how many kernels of corn you have on that first day for the, the, for the calories that kind of make the difference. And I think in this scenario, what the guy is sort of saying is like, I'm hungry right now. I'm going to have a couple spoonfuls. And I don't think I'm going to be this hungry 30 days from now. But the reality is it's just really hard to, to make that call decades in the future uh, I have nothing wrong with balance. I have nothing wrong with enjoying your life now, get experiences, but the math still has to work. If it's the chips may fall where they may, that is guaranteeing yourself no flexibility. And, that, and that's what we struggle with. So coming back after the break, a question in a similar vein. That's all next. I'm Pete the Planner, and this is my show. Hi. I'm internet podcaster, Peter Dunn. You may know me 
It's Pete the Planner. You hear me on the radio and on your podcasting device, but did you know you can also see me on YouTube? That's right. We have a YouTube channel, and we call it PeteThePlanner.tv. We ask you to subscribe so you can catch great shows like Pete's Eats and this here podcast with drawings. But the drawings are made with a video camera. Subscribe today. Back on the Pete the Planner show, answering your financial questions, email us. I don't know if I've even given the email address today. Ask Pete, all one word. Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. I'll do my best to answer your question here on this very air. Put it right in your ear. Or uh, in USA Today. Pretty simple. Um, here's another question. Oh, Damien Dunn, uh, my brother from another mother. Hey, Pete. Uh, is uh, here, and he is answering your financial questions, too. Damien, this says Mr. Pete. And so I'm going to say Mr. Damien. I read your column today. I am not calculating an inheritance into my ability to retire. However, I have a question about retirement. I'm wondering how much money I need to retire from your article. I gather that you calculated 25 times annual earnings. So, I, Damien, uh, from time to time, as we try to get people to understand the magnitude of money <laughs> that they need, we use rules of thumb mm-hmm. or rule of thumbs. What is it? Rules of thumb. Rules of thumb. I feel like it should be more than one thumb. Uh, how many thumbs? Several. Uh, and so I use the classic... Um, to retire, you basically need 25 times your current income. And that is based on the rule of 4%, the 4% rule, which which essentially says you're going to have this pool of money at retirement, and you shouldn't take any more than 4% off of that as income at the given time. Now, I don't want to say the rule of a 4% rule has been disproven, but it is certainly a less popular rule than it was in years past. So that is to say that when I say 25 times and you go, well, it can't be right. You're right. It's more than that. <laughs> right. It's yeah. actually more than that. Yeah. 30. Yeah. I, there's, I haven't read too many articles on this yet, but there's starting to become some research into how you spend your money and when you spend your money in retirement. But so, then it gets into our last segment of you don't know. You don't know. You don't know. I've known people who are sick as a dog right when they retire. Horrible uh, bouts of financial stress around that. Fix it, and then they're fine again, you know? So I don't, I don't know. So anyway, here are her questions. I save a minimum of 33% of my gross earnings. Can I subtract that from my number if my savings are targeted for retirement? Do you understand the question? I'm not sure I do. I save a minimum of 33% of gross earnings. Can I subtract that from my number? Oh, is she talking about the 25 times annual earnings? Possibly. Let's read the second question. I have a Roth IRA, which is maxed out yearly. I've not used a Roth for my 401k. I was wondering if I should use a Roth in an attempt to reduce future taxes. I also wondered if a Roth would reduce my future Medicare costs if that is available when I retire. I have no debt. I'm single with no dependents. 
I would prefer to retire and not work again. When I do retire, I'm 56 and plan to retire between 67 and 70. I currently have targeted retirement savings of approximately 14 times my gross income. Any thoughts you have will be appreciated. That additional context was helpful. What do you think? First of all, fantastic power percentage. Yeah. Oh, her power percentage is hit it out of the park. That's great. The question is, I guess we'd have to do the hard math on this with, with 10 years left to go. Let's call it 10 years left to go. She's got 14 times her income saved. She should be on track. Yeah. Especially if she's properly invested. Cause you can't, you just do the rule of 70 to it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so she, she's on pace if nothing else to be at 20, Eight times, yeah. right? Yeah. If she doesn't put another dime in, here's how we're figuring this. Mm-hmm. If she has 14 times her gross income right now, uh, a pool of money can double uh, in, in a certain period of time. If she's properly invested, hopefully getting 8% long-term rates of return, she could double 14 times her gross income in nine years, approximately nine years. Mm-hmm. So that means instead of having 14 times her gross income, she would have 28 times her gross income, assuming her income stays about the same. And that doesn't count the 33% that she's putting in right now. Exactly. So uh, I better understand her question. And I would say, given our earliest comments in this section, we said 25 is a rule of thumb, sort of a placeholder. But in, in, in current reality, it's more in the 30, mm-hmm. 30 times your income range. I think she's right on track. Yeah, I think she's a lot closer than not. But should we play the what if she meant she's on track for 14 times when she retires? Well, let's read it again. I currently have targeted retirement savings. I currently have targeted retirement savings of approximately 14 times my gross income. What does that mean? Does that mean she thinks she'll have 14 times when she gets there? Is that what that means? Maybe. I think I. That's oh, how geez, I might read that. I just read that completely differently now. Well, that's a problem. Does that mean she's targeted that with the 33% that she's putting in now? Nobody knows. No one knows. Here's what that would mean, though. It means she would have a very aggressive, um, like you said earlier, the ability to sort of aggressively spend early. Mm-hmm. And then she'd have to cut it way, way back. Now, that, to be very frank, that... 25 times number is usually ignorant of social security income. Correct. She, she's saying if she works to 70, I, I'm guessing this is her assumption, she'll have a, I don't want to say healthy uh, social security, but as healthy as you can have mm-hmm. by waiting till 70. Uh, and so she wouldn't necessarily need that 25 to, to 30 times her income. She would, she would need arguably less, but 14 times is still a pretty rough number. Now I'm confused. What do you think? Which What do you think she means? So I think it's the second, the, the second do. option that we, we looked at. So if she's saving 33% of her gross income, mm-hmm. I'm betting she doesn't have a whole lot of expenses in her life right now either. Oh, absolutely right. So that means she's living lean, which living, is a good thing. Which is great. So this could work. Yeah, especially with some Social Security benefit coming in there. It's possible. It's very possible, I think, that she could be okay. But based on the limited information that we're provided with, that's a pretty big guess. I don't know if I understand the Roth question in relation to reducing her future Medicare costs. I don't either. I don't think that is pertinent. No. Right? I don't think the two 
uh, interact in any particular way. Um, do you believe in the diversity of the tax base and sort of the diversified tax sensitivity to re- income and retirement? I, I've heard that argument before. Well, you need a little bit of Roth, you need a little bit of traditional to diversify it. But you would only say that because you're hedging against unknown tax law changes, right? Yeah, I, the the splitting up your your savings from traditional and Roth flavors is um, a guess, and I don't think taxes are probably going to come down greatly from where they are now. So if you want to base your your guess on that, that's fine. I'm way more concerned with how much are you saving rather than the location. Yeah, yeah, I you know I. I've thought about this. I, 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 it's fair to say I've been thinking about this for over 10 years. I, I say 15 years, this question, because, and I've told people that, well, you should diversify your tax base. Why? I mean, it, it's, a hedge. it's a hedge against, well, maybe things aren't going to turn out the way we think by going with Roth because maybe the tax brackets will shrink drastically from where they are today. I don't see that happening, but it's still a hedge. Yeah. You know, something we didn't think about is there may have been something that came through in the new tax law that may have uh, encouraged Roth IRAs to affect Medicare premiums. Do you know, are you guessing or do you know that could be a thing? I, I, Google's helping me out on that. so I'm. Oh, gonna, so is I, there a change? I'm actually going to have to read up on that. Oh, I, you know what I love best about our show is when I give potentially wrong answers. And me. Well, you're just a, a party to it. Would you, you'll probably be subpoenaed for this. Probably. Oh, by the way, do not take action on any of the advice we give on this show. We don't actually give investment advice, but we did sort of just give potentially tax advice there. No, let's not think about it. That got, that got awkward. If you want to get wrong answers, email us, ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. You can also hit me on Twitter. Coming up after the break, I have an old man gripe about the election. Damien, are you sure you want to leave? (laughs) Maybe. Uh, And then, of course, biggest waste of money of the week. And they're intertwined like a shredded wheat biscuit. All that is next. I'm Pete the Planner. And what you're listening to, what's going in your ear right now and you're processing, this is my show. day living through the peace of my soul i remain whole even in the middle of the pain even though my life has the rain i still remain sane writing and creating for my life and my pen is my sword given by the lord and i use it to fight the tides of restriction sometimes i'm conflicted by myself looking at the trees too much and can't see the forest enemies shall inherit the earth and i want to inherit something something other than the high blood pressure and diabetes so work is what i gotta do Stay true to my enemy and water the trees that I sing from and look out for the lumberjacks. Running with the gale force wind at my back. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. This lays great errors to rest. Let me remain calm. Back on the Pete the Planner Show, where sometimes we give you the right financial answers. If you want to be on the show... Sorry, you can't, but you can be on our podcast. Go to PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. Join us, and we will work our way through your financial life and answer things somewhat accurately. During the break, uh, my special co-host for today, Damian Dunn, and I were discussing that last question even further. I mean, there are potentially, with the tax law changes, some Medicare implications of Roth IRA balances because the Roth IRA income would be tax-free, which would impact 
your social security taxation, mm -hmm. which then plays into Medicare. Correct. It, here's the thing. The lady that asked the question clearly is more well-read than both of us. It's impacting. It has a, a, a impact on her life a little bit sooner than ours. Yeah. Anyway. Do you want... Damon, I'm going I'm to leave this up to you. Do you want the biggest waste of money of the week, formal edition, or do you want the biggest waste of money of the week, gripey, old man trapped in a middle-aged man body election edition? First, which one do you want first? I think we need to play to your strengths and go with the gripey old man. Okay, here's the thing, guys. Uh, by the way, thank you everyone for voting. Here's how I view voting, and then I'll get to the gripe. Um, let's say I go home from work and I ask Mrs. Planner, what would you like for dinner? This plays into our dining out thing, okay? And let's say it's a night we've chosen to dine out. And she says the following phrase, Damien. She says, I don't care. Which to me means, well, maybe I shouldn't say what that means, but here's what, here's what happens. Okay, well, I'm going to choose. Okay? If you don't care, that means I can choose anything and you don't care. But Damon, you've been married for how many years now? 15. How often does I don't care mean I don't care? Never. It never does. And I always think it will. So here's my rule. If you say you don't care... You can't then weigh in after the fact with a care. Now, I never, I never enforce this rule, <laughs> right? I, I, I'm not, I'm not um, authorized to enforce that rule. Mm -hmm. I do feel that way about voting, though. If you don't vote, I don't think you earn the right to complain about what's going on. Now, you can argue, well, vote doesn't matter, and that's for you to argue. I'm not going to argue with you there. I think if you don't vote, then you've lost your chance to weigh in on what's happening. Now, you can protest, you can do whatever you want, but it really should start with voting. Do you agree with that? Yes and no. I, I think voting is a, a very special privilege that gets um, underappreciated in, in this country by way too many people. At the same time, I understand the frustrations of people who say they don't vote, uh, whether it's because they say it doesn't matter or they're frustrated with the candidates or the political parties or, or whatever it is. I, I used to be super into politics and I've never been more uh, disinterested in, in the political climate as I have been right now. I, if I could wash my hands of the whole thing, yeah. I gladly would. I, I, I'm willing to say at the risk of alienating listeners, I wasn't super excited about the options on the ballot in 2018 or wait, 2016. And there was one large race on my last ballot that I also was not super excited about. And I didn't really care, but I had to vote because that's what you do. But here's my biggest waste of money of the week. The I voted stickers. They have turned into just a ridiculous modern version of something weird like why do we need it is it to encourage others from a peer pressure perspective to do that it's like i i get it at one point in time i was like i i'd take a picture of my i voted sticker and i know it sounds like i'm ripping on everyone that did which i mean that's the curmudgeon in this this assertion i mean who knows maybe i'm ripping on people in this show that took a picture uh, or my office that took a picture of their i voted sticker and i'm, I'm really glad they voted but i just feel like 
is that where we're at now, just from a social media sharing standpoint, that something didn't matter unless other people know you did it? And I'm, I'm as guilty as anything with that. You know where this all started, right? Where did this start? You've seen the 26.2 stickers on the back of cars. It is. This is the I ran a marathon 26.2 sticker, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's it's like doing it for likes. And look, I'm guilty. I just not. I sort of I, I tapped out of the I voted sticker thing because I'm just like, I'm an old man. I'm like, I don't. I voted. I'm good. Do you need to know that I voted? It's because you're looking at at voting as something that should be done and not not necessarily uh, celebrate it or award it. I, not um, oh hey, you voted. Way to go. That's the old man in me. Yeah, I know. Uh, it, because it's it's something that should have it should be the default option. Voting should yeah. be the default option. Well, this makes me I'm not gonna redo Chris Rock material, because that is <laughs> generally a bad idea. But it's the whole want a cookie? <laughs> like it's like yeah. wait, okay, you voted. I voted. You should. Yeah. You don't you don't like there's not a I paid my taxes sticker in April that people wear. Although I'm sure there is. Yeah, I, I bet there is. Oh, there has to be. If there's not, there will be. So that's my old man gripe, though. And look, you can send me email on this topic. Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. Put uh, voting sticker, and uh, I'm just going to delete it because I just don't care. All right, here's the formal biggest waste of money of the week. The Luna 16 lunar samples. There are plenty of lunar samples on Earth. There are only ones known to be... Oh, these, I'm sorry. These are only one, the ones known to be in private hands. I didn't know that. There are only a few lunar samples in private hands. Anyway, returned to Earth by the unmanned Soviet Luna 16 mission, these moon rocks were presented to the widow of the Soviet space program's director. They have remained in the same private collection since being initially sold in 1993 for nearly 450000 American dollars. They're encased under glass below an adjustable lens and labeled soil particles from Luna 16, but in Russian, uh, on a plate below. The samples will be offered as part of a larger space exploration auction taking place at Sotheby's in New York on my birthday, November 29th. So if you're in the market for a gift for me or Danny Wood from New Kids on the Block, who we share a birthday, mm. um, this would be a good gift, although they are expected to go for north of $700,000. Uh, I like space stuff, but I'm not, I mean, like, I think it'd be really cool to have like a piece of an astro, a meteor, you know, mm -hmm. right? like uh, we, uh, the family and I, where were we? just in Chicago, the Field Museum, and saw, uh, you know, saw a bunch of what, meteors, meteorites, uh, no one knows, I'm sure someone knows, and they were really cool, and they're super heavy, and they're just mm -hmm. sort of crazy, uh, and I would love lunar and moon samples, but like, for 700000 bucks, Seems like a big waste of money. I and agree. they're really small. I mean, they're like a, a pinhead size sample here. Those are small. I I was kind of interested in the uh, Luna 16. Does yeah. that mean we had 15 other moons that we don't know about? Uh, I don't know. Well, no, Luna is the name of the, the unmanned ship. Oh, okay. I thought they were yeah. talking about the... No, uh, the moon is not called Luna 16. The unmanned ships it was called Luna 16. I thought maybe it was Does Russia. that mean there were other 15 other Luna missions was the better question. Didn't quite make it. Probably true. I always feel like when you take... like, 
I always feel it's weird. Like, oh, I, I got this fill in my backyard from outer space. I'm going to sell it to you for $150,000. It is yours because it fell on your property, technically. It's sort of the old Indiana Jones thing. He was going around and he was trying to protect relics. And it's like, well, and he would get mad when people try to sell relics. He's like, these belong to who? That's a question for you. I, I have no idea. That's all we have time for this week. Old man gripey edition. Uh, guest griper, Damien Dunn. Thanks for joining us. Happy to be here. Uh I think I'm pretty much done for travel for the year. No one cares, but uh, it makes me less cranky. So that is good for you. If you want to be on the show, you can't, uh, but you can be on the podcast, PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. Thank you for listening. I'm sending you good vibes because good vibes are all that's in the show's budget. I'm Pete the Planner, and what you've listened to just now, whether you like it or not, this is my show. This is for information purposes only. It's not the services financial planning device. Consult a financial divisor. Magnificence in an instance, I can make you dance, cry, or love, fly as a dove, released from Everest, the fresh is fresh, and you can call me E.T., word to John Tesh, let me bless this harmonic presentation, it's amazing, so amazing, I'm the reason, uh, salutations, I bring you love, trying greetings, from a faraway land, I am the soul controller, put the remote down, and let me take control, you're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself, Love try can restore your health. I bring you greetings, uh, salutations. How you doing? And is that how y'all say it? The tinkling of the keys is an homage to the little, little star. I sojourn over poetic descriptions of sound and travel to my other world. Out of this world, spaceship on my arm took me home. Filled by the ink and the megabytes and the hypertext transfer protocol stronger than the Skynet and the Terminator. I push faders into warp speed, glide with ease, creating a breeze they call a black hole, event horizon, no rear view concerns. This I adjourn, adjourn. and beats I burn, I burn, I burn, I burn. This I adjourn, and beats I burn, I burn. Salutations, I bring you love, trying greetings from a faraway land. I am the sole controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, try, can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it?